Hey, this is Elvis. And Justin with Optimal Moving. And you're listening to the Ask the Property Pros podcast. I asked for water and they gave me gin. I passed out on the finish lines and forgot to begin. Hey guys, and welcome to the May 13th episode of the Ask the Property Pros podcast. We've got a great one for you guys. We're really excited about it. We've got two call-in guests coming up. Chris, who's a student in uh, Matt's apprenticeship program, and we've got a mortgage professional, Joe Hoppy, who's a good friend of mine, coming on as well. Yeah, so... On top of all my other jobs, I also teach an electrical apprenticeship at night. Yeah. Uh, Chris is a great dude, good <laughs> right. student. Because you just have like so much free time. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Four jobs and a podcast. Don't worry about it. No, not, not, not to, to mention, mention a wife and kid. Right. Not to mention like a like a one year old and like another one due in like a couple of months. Yeah, a couple of weeks, <laughs> oh, two geez. weeks. Oh yeah, it's right here. All right, guys, we will be right back. See ya. <laughs> Okay, we are back with Chris from Ossining, who uh, also is a student of mine who is in an electrical apprenticeship program. Uh, Chris, welcome to the show. How are you guys doing today? Great. Hey, we're doing all right. We're uh, we're done with our Mo- Mama's Day celebrating, and we're That's... we're we're looking forward to a, you know having you on in a great podcast. Hey, I have to ask. <laughs> you know, I've been Matt's buddy for you know thirty plus years. I need to know what it's like to be in a classroom setting with this guy. I mean, it's a lot to take in. He's just spitballing ideas back and forth at you all day long. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as far as like trying to make more money and stuff like that and being better at the profession, being a step ahead of everybody else. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, we all know that he's been doing this forever, so I'm, I'm not surprised that he's throwing a lot of information at you guys. It was actually a, it was a little bit of a balancing act between um, I have like a hard split between guys who just get it and put effort in and really want to move forward quick, and guys who don't get it and don't put any effort in. So I found myself you know struggling for a balance between going over things ten times, which annoys the heck out of the guys who got it the first time, or only going over it once, just leaving some of the guys who don't put the effort in behind. So it was a balance, you know. But I'm getting used to it. That, that, I'm a little nutty in class. Oh, I, I believe it. So uh, any any funny like stories or anything that he shares, or you know just weird stuff that comes out of Matt's mouth during class. <laughs> I mean. There are some slight tangents, but I mean, uh, well, what, what do you want me to go into? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to get a little insight into <clears throat> into what what it's like sitting through um, you know class on a weekly basis. Actually, how often? Twice a week. Twice a week. Uh, uh, bi-weekly basis. Actually, how long have you been in the program, Chris? How long have you been in the program? Uh, this is my first year. And how long does it last? Five years. It's actually more than five years. It's uh, There's a, a pre-class and then five full years. So it's five and a half years. Wow. So, Chris, what's the plan? Like, you know, you're going through this. You're uh, going to be a licensed electrician. You know, where where do you plan on working? What do you plan on doing? And as far as right now goes, I'm just trying to get through the apprenticeship. I mean, take in <laughs> as much information as I can so that way when the five years comes and they say what's your value to the company I have a lot to put down on my sheet but um 
this, I mean, this after is... after the apprenticeship is up, I mean, I, I'd like to to get my license and I mean, work at a probably like Westchester, Rockland County, and uh, sometimes maybe out of the city. But I, I mean, I'd like to stay out of the city for the most part. Well, yeah. Well, the company he works for now is uh, mostly in the city, and well, Jersey as well, right? Yeah. It's it's a. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I I know from uh, working exclusively in the city for the first like five years of uh, you know being in in the the biz, you know being being out in the burbs is a uh, a lot more comfortable, <laughs> a lot less stressful. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I worked in the city for a while. It is, it's tough stuff. It's it's very high stress. Yeah, there's a lot of hustle as far as like uh, getting down there. Yep. Once you're there, I mean, everything is just pretty much like high profile, at least the businesses that we're working on right now. Right. right. So uh, you're looking to uh, get something uh, sometime soon, is that correct? Uh, what do you mean as far as like a, uh, a house? Or yeah, yeah. Or you're going to move, get a house or something? Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to doing that right now because uh, I think my family's going to be moving down south, so I'm probably going to be moving in with my uh future fiance that's good do you, do you guys know what type of what type of place you're looking to get yet uh probably like a co-op or like a townhouse something like that somewhere in westchester uh westchester or rockland gotcha right. you know what you think you know what you should think about doing if it's you and your fiance instead of getting a condo you should think about getting a two-family renting half of it out bringing income you know you know if you're looking at the same monthly numbers by living in one half and renting the other half and over time you know the, the value of a two-family house would be you know no it's a it's a solid plan you know, you know especially you're you're handy you know you could it's a it's an idea plus you will qualify for a uh, higher uh, mortgage because of the income that that'll be generated from the uh, other unit that you're going to rent out so I mean, just yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be opposed to the idea. It's just uh, the fear of uh, the people that I would be renting to. <laughs> well, you know, it, I mean, because you got to take them at face value. You don't really know what's come of it. That's not. That's not true. You're not renting a. You know, when you own this house, you could make people go through a credit check. You could list this with an agent. You wouldn't be getting an unqualified person. You'd be getting a person who passes a background right. check, who pays a first and last month's rent. Right. You wouldn't be just getting a, a Craigslist ad to rent in a legal basement. You know, you'd be you'd be legitimate at that point. You'd be able to do something. Then, uh... yeah, Matt, Matt's one hundred percent correct on that. And not only would you get you know credit, you know, you'd have verification of their income, and you speak to their boss. You'd have a criminal background check because you would be living in it. There's like a whole nother level that you can go. You can actually. I mean, there there are different laws in terms of. Uh, fair housing and discrimination and things like that that la landlords have to adhere to but if you are living in there and it's your old, and you're you're living there and it's one other unit you can basically say I don't like you and not rent it to them right because they're living in your house yeah because they're living in your house you I mean it's it's really pretty awesome you don't have to deal with any of those uh, you know right and by getting somebody who, who proves a creditworthiness you you don't really run the risk 
as much anyway, at least, of the non-payment or, or trying to evict someone. It normally goes a, lo- a lot smoother with uh, a qualified well, renter. Yeah, I mean, the than... ev- eviction is the, you know, obviously <laughs> a nightmare. But, you know, with first and last month and security deposit, <clears throat> excuse me, you're already, you know, you've got a couple months in the bank, you know. Anyway, it's just something to think yeah, but about. How, how would it go for how would it go as far as like eviction or something like that? Like if you decided that you didn't want to rent to them anymore, is there like a, a specific? A lot like, of times you'll sign a lease with them. A lot of times you'll sign a lease with them, so you could always not renew the lease. Well, you will always sign a lease. Now, uh, right. if 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 let's say three months in, you're like you know these people will not turn down their music and it's driving me insane and i'm telling them that they have to turn their music down and they're not listening like you can send them letters you can say i mean at that point you're going to have to get an attorney involved like an eviction process is a giant pain it's expensive and but if it was something like music and not something that's ruining your life i mean you may just not renew their lease and deal with it for the remainder right. of that year that would be the easy thing to yeah. do you could just say, you know what, this isn't a good fit. Like I'm, I'm not renewing your lease, and that's fine. They're they're done. Right. But with the numbers being the same, I mean, you'd probably, you know, you could have double the money in the game while you're still playing with the same amount of money monthly. So for sure, no, you, you it's, know, a, it's, it's a solid option. I mean, somebody be paying half your mortgage. So you know, 10, 15 years down the line, if you went to sell and get something else, you know, your equity would be uh, way different. Oh no, significant. Um, I mean, at the very least, it's an option that you should be considering, you know, run the numbers, uh, you know, talk to a mortgage guy. Have you been pre-approved or anything, or is this very much in like the infancy? I haven't gone through any of that process yet. I'm pretty much just doing it as far as like looking up areas and stuff like that and what they're retailing for. Sure. Well, uh, we can steer you in the right direction for sure. Yeah. Plus you'll, you'll be able to get into like a first time home buyer's program where you'll pay a smaller down payment we could actually uh speak to our next guest and uh talk to him about uh about what type of percentage down you'd be looking at um to to do either one really right to do the co-op or condo you know co-ops are funky because they have their own rules right yeah so so even if it's like and everyone's different everyone is different i actually have a little cabin that's in a co-op community and there are a lot of things to adhere to. Um, and, you know, there's fees every month. And those fees, you know, you're not getting them back. They're not going into equity. That's maintenance fees. Sure. That is, uh, sure. So, in theory, you know, you can talk to a mortgage professional and say, hey, here's my this is my income. My credit is, you know, whatever number it is. And they'd have a joint income if it's, you know. Right. And, and they could say, you know what, with 10% down, I can give you this type of loan product. And this will be your... You're about this will be your payment dependent on your taxes and whatnot. Um, but you could then uh, approach a co-op and they could say, you know what, we only take people that put down twenty percent. Right. So then you're you're out of the game. Right. So everyone yeah. is is totally different. I mean, like I said before, I, I used to work in the city uh, exclusively, and there there's some of these you know white glove Park Avenue places that you know if you don't have fifty percent cash, like they don't want you, or even like. I've seen ones that have no financing. Like, if you don't have enough cash Whoa. to, like, buy this cash, then you're not the type of person we want in our in our club. <laughs> our elite club of no, uh, no rich joke. people. No yeah. joke. No joke. It's crazy. So, I mean, there's a lot of things to consider. And, we, you know, we can have a conversation about this some other time off, off the air here. But uh, I'm going to... 
bring up this topic with Joe. He's going to be on in the next segment, and we can talk about down payment options and two families versus and, condos. And what to do to prepare, you know, prepare yourself over the next few months or year to get into that. You know, you don't want to, there's things you don't want to do. You don't want to change jobs. Uh, you don't want to buy a car or take out new credit cards. You want to really let everything, uh, you know, we'll find out what his opinion is, but you really don't want to do anything that could put you out of the market. For sure. Yeah, there's yeah a- I heard about that from a couple people as far as, like, changing jobs. They, they look into that because they want a steady form of, like, uh, money coming in. Right, and because you have, a, you know, joint on investment here, you both would have to try to keep the job steady until you close. Yeah, yeah. real quick, I had a, a buyer who's actually a very good friend of uh, mine and Matt's, and he was working for two two companies, you know, super qualified, and we had a condo in contract, and during that like six to eight week period between contract and closing, one of the jobs offered to bring him on full time, and he took the, took the it opportunity. Was, it was a raise. It was I mean, a raise. He, he was more, making more money. More money. But because there was a change in his status, the the whole deal the fell. The whole deal gone. Yep, he got a raise and went from working for two separate companies to one company. But he didn't even switch to an outside company. Like he He just went from part time at two to full time at one and took a raise, and that put him out of the market. Right. So I mean, we're gonna have to have him on. Yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna have him on. But essentially, the 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 rule of the game is like once you're pre-approved and you're in contract, like don't do anything. Nothing. Nothing. Don't buy (laughs) furniture. Don't don't do anything. Yeah. yeah, just, just get people. Yeah, people go to rent the center and uh, and blow the whole deal. Yeah, yep. it's crazy. It's crazy. But anyway, we're going to talk to Joe about this. Chris, I, I appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I love hearing stories about Matt as a teacher. It's just too funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he kept it pretty tame. Uh, yeah, the, I, I, was, yeah, I was hoping for a little. Uh, I think I think he's saving me a little bit. We have an HR department over at yeah. that school. <laughs> Good point, Chris. Thanks for coming on. Have a great night. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Hey guys, we're back with our mortgage professional that we have been uh, promising, Mr. Joe Hoppy. He's a good friend of mine. He's been in the business for a long time. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, guys. Yeah, thanks for thanks for being here. And uh, let's start with a little bit of your background. Of course, of course. Um, so I've been doing uh, finance mortgages uh, anywhere from you know personal all the way up to commercial things for about twelve years. Um, I actually just joined a uh, brand new company we opened up about a month and a half, two months ago. Cool. Uh, it's called Garden State Mortgage. Nice. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it's a great group of guys. We're all, you know, 10 plus years in this. And um, like I said, we're brand new. So, you know, we're excited to be helping out local people here in New Jersey. Um, me personally, I'm only licensed in New Jersey. Some of the other guys in my office, we can go anywhere from, you know, New York all the way down to Florida. So, perfect. Uh, Big yeah. group of guys. Big spin. That's good. Okay, uh, Chris, this is uh, a joke, right? Yeah, yeah. this is Matt. Um, we just had uh, our buddy Chris on, and uh, he's, a, he's a younger guy. He's in a program that, uh, that I teach, and um, he is looking to, in the next year or so, buy something. 
Um, and he was thinking about a condo, and you know, I was talking to him a little bit about the potential of buying a two-family to uh, and getting a little income in to get a bigger place and maybe more uh, more money in the game down the road. And uh, he Absolutely. was, you know, he was curious about, uh, you know, what kind of down payment he would need percentage-wise, as well as like what he could do over the next six months to a year to prepare to to get the loan. Right. Yeah, we, we were we were talking about. You know, with a two-family factoring in income uh, from the rental unit, um, also the difference between financing a condo and a co-op. So if you can, like, I mean, you're you're the guy. So if you can shed some light on that for him, that'd be great. Yeah, of course. Uh, let's start off with the uh, the two-family. Two families, I think, are you know, personally, they're they're great because uh, they do bring in revenue. They kind of open up the door to, you know, maybe you buy more homes. You know. You know, getting that that rental income in, um, you could actually kind of actually, you know, if you're gonna live there, you can pay for your half of your mortgage or pretty much all your mortgage through your rental payments. Um, yeah. Good thing with those, you know, if you already have somebody or a property that already has rentals in there, um, you know, me as a lender, I'll look at it and I could, you know, take whatever that rental income is and I could use about seventy percent of that as income already. Um, you know, as long as they're gonna be there. 12 months out, 24 months out, we're solid. Gotcha. Um, yeah, again, so would you have to have a lease with the tenant in order to use that income? Yeah, I mean, we would want to already see that there's a tenant in place. Right. Uh, because, you know, then we're going to use whatever that, that income is that that person's already renting it out for. Right. I mean, that totally um, makes sense. But what, what happens if it's a vacant two-family? I mean, do, do they take, you know, an average of like, let's say they're renting out a uh, two bedroom unit on the top floor and they're gonna be occupying the rest of the home. How, how, do, how would you handle that? Yeah, we could actually do an average of the area. That does happen, um, especially if you are looking in some places, um, you know, like out on like Prospect Park, uh, Cliffside Park, they have a lot of those. Um, so I can do an average of what the rental incomes are based on the value of the property. Oh, that nice. only happens though after I do an appraisal just to make sure the house is you know, in good shape, standing right. up, there's no issues on it, you know, and solid to go. That makes sense. Right. Um, so, you know, that's really, that's the, that's the advantage of the, of the two family. Again, I love them personally because they bring in their own income. Um, I, I've been, you know, I've been, I've done a few of them in my days and yeah, they're, they're not hard deals. They're really easy. No headaches. Down payment wise, really kind of, you really want to see what, what, it, what it's going to do for you, um, I guess that's the best way to say it. If uh, you have to put a lot of work into the house, go conventional. Put at least 5% down on the house. Um, you know, if you want to, you know, not pay any MI or anything like that, then go to 20% if you can afford it. It's and, and really, really preferred and geared towards the borrower as I look at, you know, their situation and the situation of, what's going on with the mortgage market at that point. Right, and for those people that are listening, I mean, you just said if you wanna avoid MI. I mean, I know yeah. what that is, obviously, yeah. but can you just uh, elaborate on that? Yeah, so MI is your mortgage insurance. Um, anytime that you're gonna put down less than 20% on a property, you're required to pay a insurance. Um, and, you know, it's really based on area, um, your credit score, and how much of a down payment you are putting down. Obviously, the closer you get to 20%, the lower it's going to be. Gotcha. And 5% is about the minimum down for a conventional loan? 
Yeah, so 5% is the minimum for conventional. Um, if you go below 5%, then at that point, I'm going to recommend that you save yourself the extra 1.5% and go down to 35 and go with an FHA. There is absolutely no difference between the 35 and the 5%. You're still paying, at that point, a uh, PMI, which is your premium mortgage insurance, right. um, as well as a upfront cost at closing. You have to put up more money upfront. So it's a better program. You get better rates. Uh, but it's a lot more out of pocket. Right. But you can get into the house with like that three and a half percent down. Absolutely. Right. Now, have you have you ever done FHA financing in co-ops? I, I'm, I'm very curious on that because I haven't because a lot of them have their own rules. Yeah. So uh, co-ops and condos, anything that's going to deal with an association you are allowed to do FHA loans as long as they are on the FHA approved list. Right. Um, that's a list that actually comes out by the government, and they say that, you know, what the standard of these properties, they'll back them up. Um, mm. And it, it really goes based on location and, again, the, um, the condition of the, of the uh, association itself. Right. And what would you say that, you know, what would you say this guy should do to prepare over the next six months to a year before he actually applies for the loan? Um, I would make sure, obviously, you know, I always recommend people double-check on their credit, make sure that you have no red flags on it, make sure there's nothing that you never authorized or if there was a bill that you might have forgotten that you had when you were back in college. Make sure all that stuff is cleaned up and good to go. Right. Um, do your... I mean, do your due diligence on looking at the areas that you want to live in. Uh, don't just buy a piece of property because, you know, it's got a good price. Sure. You really want to make sure it's in a nicer neighborhood. You want to make sure it's got a good school system. Uh, taxes aren't ridiculous. Um, if you are going with a condo or any type of association, double check on the, you know, their fees that they have. Yeah, make sure that rules. it's, you know, it's not going to bankrupt you moving into the place. Right. Right. No, that makes sense. I mean, our like kind of mantra here is like get your team together. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I mean, that's like what it's all about. Like getting yeah. getting someone who's been in the mortgage world for you know a decade plus, like yourself, and you know uh, an inspector that knows its way his way around everything, and a, and a realtor who's seasoned. I mean, those those are you know the exact tips that I would give anyone. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you'd be surprised often people. Uh, They'll randomly pick someone because it's like, whatever. Right. Like their cousin's best friend, and they do it right. part time, and or, yeah. Or it's like, hey, I bank here. Let me just talk to some mortgage guy here. Right. You know? Yeah. Because they're yeah. in the bank, right? Rather than looking for someone who's really on their side. Someone, right. Yeah. Right. Someone who's gonna like really work for them, as opposed to some just paper pusher <laughs> who happens to be sitting at you know the local Chase Bank or whatever. Yep. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. I always tell my people, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. So when you're when you're going through the process, if you have a question, call me up. I will spend all day finding out the answer I have to find out for you. It's never a burden to me. Right. You know, I'm here to work for you. So the people that you do hire, make sure that you use them to the fullest. Don't don't walk into your closing having any questions. Yeah. You want to go? I tell you, that's a mistake I made when I bought done. my house. I, when I bought my house, I, I man, I didn't do all the research I should have done. I was caught off guard. <laughs> it was crazy. Joe, yeah, yeah, 
Right, we really appreciate you uh, coming on and talking with us tonight. How can uh, how can our listeners get a hold of you? Uh, I mean, they could uh, they could email me. Uh, they can give me a call. So my my email it's uh, J Hoppy, so J H O P P E at gsmlending.com. Or they can give me a call. Yeah, my cell phone is two zero one eight zero three eight eight five nine. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, awesome. And and you know, just from knowing you, I I know that. I'm, you know, totally comfortable giving your information to my clients because I know that if they need anything, you're going to pick up. And that means everything if you're in the middle of a deal and, like, the stakes are high. People are pushing you for some documentation that was due, you know, yesterday. And, like, people are, like, threatening to pull out of a deal and all this other nonsense. Like, having a good guy in your your corner is everything. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right, Joe. Thanks again, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Later. Bye. Hey, guys. We're back with the tip of the week. Tip of the week. So this week's tip of the week is... uh is a simple job that needs to be done that people forget to do or don't know they need to do or uh, just neglect altogether. So if you have a gas dryer, you need to have the vent that comes off the back of the dryer to the exterior cleaned. Not just a little lint trap. Lots of dusty, flammable crap gets through that little trap and collects inside the tube. Your dryer has a fire inside right. it. There is a gas line that goes to it because it makes a fire. That's where the heat comes from. It's not magic heat. It's fire <laughs> heat. Right. And all of the stuff that collects in that tube is highly flammable. So it's like it's like flammable cotton candy. Yeah, ex- yeah. That's a, right. Attached to a right. fire. Yeah, absolutely. Directly attached to a fire. So you have to have that cleaned out. Um I'm not sure what the maintenance schedule is on it, but I can tell you it's not never. You know, you, 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 you need to have that cleaned out and uh, because it's going to burn your house down. That's the reason. It's not, you know, it's not going to be some minor thing that happens. Right. It's not going to break the dryer. No, it's going to burn your house down. It's going to hurt people. Yeah. You know, right. Again, so tip of the week is have your dryer vent cleaned. We are back with Adventures from the Field. Adventures from the Field. Uh, this week, uh, Brett is going to tell us uh, an interesting story about uh, about some clients who uh, who uh, said they don't mind us discussing the transaction on our show. Yeah, for sure. So this this is all uh, you know has transpired over the past like twenty four hours. <laughs> um, last weekend, I showed this amazing home up in Warwick, New York great town in Orange County you know they've got the the winery up there and you know tons of stuff going on it feels like you're in the middle of nowhere but you're still about you know an hour and 15 hour and 25 minutes from the city so it's a great balance a lot of people are moving up there Um, it was this mid-century modern home Uh, these buyers contacted me they were searching uh, my company's website barehomes.com and it was like you know one of these 
you know, kismet types of uh, moments. Like everyone got along. Uh, we met with the owners. It, we were there for like two hours. Did you say kismet? Yeah, it's like. What the hell does that mean? It's a play, guy. Dude, get get some culture. It, uh, mean, it means fate. Yeah, well, yeah. I had no idea what you were talking about. It sounded like a different language. <laughs> Freaking kismet. It's uh, it, it means like meant to be. Okay. Anyway, anyway. But for all you uncultured people like me. <laughs> anyway, anyway, back to the story. We we pull up there. I've got my my buyers with me. He's a contractor from the city. They live in Brooklyn. We get out of the car and we see like this big barn. And there's like a wood chipper, a backhoe, a quad, like a John Deere tractor. It's all and, right on my eye. Yeah, and this this guy's eyes are like bulging out of his head. He's like, oh my God, I want this house and I want everything here. I want them to just leave it. Can I have all your stuff? Right. right. I want all the toys and the house. And I'm like, oh hey man, let's let's uh, let's check out the house and you know, we can talk about it. Every- make an offer on your things. Too. Exactly. Everything's negotiable. So so you know, we're there. The, the couple, elderly couple, they're moving down to Florida, you know, in their 80s, but the sweetest couple you've ever met. We're there, we're walking the property. It's 11 acres and most of it's like park. It's like a parkland. You know, there's a, a stream that's fed from a brook and it, I mean, it's absolutely stunning. It sounds incredible. Amazing. Right on my alley. Yeah, and, and they're they're looking at me, they're like, oh, this was meant to be. This is our dream home. So I'm like, all right, home run. Finally, we, we eventually get out of there after saying goodbye like 17 times. And three days later, we put in an offer. It's very close to their asking price, but we want all their stuff as well. <laughs> Which I thought was reasonable, because what are they going to do? Move it to Florida? I mean, it's... No, it's, no, they're right, probably going to sell it. They're going to have to sell it. He wants it. Like, whatever. Win-win. Totally best case scenario. So they come back, you know... Typical story. We're negotiating. You know, the the gap between our offer and theirs were like, it was like 15 grand. Like, no big deal. I'm like, sure that we're going to get this done. So we then we up our offer and I get a text message from the listing agent yesterday. She said, please call me. So I'm like, uh-oh. Do we, do we have a problem? Like, are they pulling it off the market? Like, <laughs> selling it to, like, their niece or some, you know, nonsense like that? I call her up and I've never had this happen before. She's like, okay, I, I I contacted the sellers. I was about to go over there to discuss your updated offer. And they told me that the buyers just left. And I said, um, excuse me, the buyers just left? What? Like, why were they there? Like, they didn't tell, they didn't tell me they were driving from Brooklyn to Warwick. So they went to... Th- the listing? Yeah. Just without telling anyone. They didn't tell anyone. They just, just showed up there. Just showed up. Did they call these people first or they just showed up there? They don't even have their number. They just showed up at this house. Totally unannounced. Uh, they, 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 yeah. Don't do that yeah. if you're... <laughs> it's a really weird move. Yeah. Like, just show up and knock on the door. Like, like, I, you know, in my, you know, 10, uh, coming up on 11 years in the business, I've never heard of such a thing. And she's like, oh, it turns out that they, they had dinner together at the house. <laughs> which, which actually... Just knock on the Hey, you guys got food? Hey, hey, hey we're kind of hungry. We just drove up here from Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> Can you feed us and yeah. show us your house again? Right. We didn't tell our agent or anybody else or we any, were coming. Yeah, yeah. Oh. What if they weren't home? They drove from Brooklyn? Who knows? This is crazy. Who knows? I, I, I've never, ever heard of such a thing happening. But... 
they ended up having dinner together, hashing out like what furniture they would like to keep and the price. They did it all. All of it, done. That's incredible. I mean, that's great that I mean, that worked out like that, but that could go the oh, total oh, other way. That, that could have gone sideways in a second. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Like, why are you at my house right now? <laughs> well, it, it, that worked out really well, though. So Yeah. But, I mean, hey, no, we, we've got everything going to the, to the attorneys tomorrow, and uh, hopefully in about six weeks we're going to be closing on this beautiful, like, dream home for these, these Brooklynites. That's uh, that's incredible. But I would definitely advise not doing that if you're looking at places. No, no don't do that. Don't and randomly show up at anyone's up. house. I mean, I've had buyers looking at vacant property, and they're like, hey, we'd like to bring our landscaper to, like, just look at the grounds. Hey, knock yourself out. Nobody lives there. But this type of thing is just absolute madness. Yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy. All right, guys, we'll be right back. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode brought to you by Lighthouse Home Inspections and William Ravis Bear McIntosh. You can su subscribe to our podcast on the Apple Podcast app or for your Android users on Radio Public. Uh, we want to thank Joe and Chris for uh, being on the show tonight and uh, you should tune in May 20th for our next episode. Happy, Happy Mother's, Mother's Day! Day.